Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. I didn't know anything about human trafficking. Um, Honestly, naively, the first time one of my friends used the phrase, I thought somebody was getting um, tickets, like like a parking ticket. I'm like, who's getting ticketed for what? Yeah. And and so then it's like, whoa, this is this is unreal. This can't be happening. And um, and so I spent um, with a friend of mine. Um, we gathered some women together, and we would pray once a month. Actually, we did what our ministry is doing now, and we just educated ourselves and we prayed into those ministries. And today, Marla and Lowell Friesen have created their own ministry in hopes of putting a stop to human trafficking. Today is Day for Freedom. It's a day where we highlight the people and organizations that are working hard to bring an end to human trafficking. And one of those organizations that plays a huge role in this day is Freedom Prayer Network. Today on Connections, Marla and Lowell Friesen will tell us what Freedom Prayer Network is, why Day for Freedom is so important, and how you can get involved. Today is Day for Freedom, and today we're joined by Marla and Lowell Friesen from Freedom Prayer Network. People in Winnipeg will know you, but connections were all across Western Canada. Um, tell us a little bit about Freedom Prayer Network, how, uh, what it is and how you got started with this and why. Freedom Prayer Network is a ministry that encourages and supports frontline ministries that are fighting against human trafficking in Winnipeg, Canada, and around the world. And it got started um, officially about five years ago, but my personal story goes back a little bit before that. Just exploring and learning about the issues of human trafficking, dabbling in um, connecting with a few ministries, and recognizing that participants in programs um, seem to have been wounded so deeply that they come in and out of programs more than once. And I remember reflecting on that, thinking, why is that? And if I truly believe that the working of the Holy Spirit can minister and um, heal ultimately so deeply those wounds, why is there this constant in and out? And that was a very naive um, sort of approach, but I really felt like, why isn't the church um, more actively involved in supporting these ministries? Because they're the ones that are on the front line digging in. Where is the church shoring up against these ministries to manage the spiritual part of the healing process? And um, we ran a few events and those events were mostly just for my own interest and we're going to be one offs. And they started to gain momentum and eventually um, sat with our um, leadership team at our church and prayed with them and basically asked, are these just Marla's crazy ideas or is there something (laughs) here? And that's when... um, As we prayed together, they said, you need your husband to lead this with you. And let's make this a formal ministry out of our church. It's set up um, maybe a little more uniquely than other ministries of a church in that there's a steering team that is provides the direction and the leadership 
for the ministry as a whole and the overarching sort of plans. But very intentionally, the steering team has been inviting and encouraged to reach out to other churches outside of our church to make connections and to involve people from other churches when it comes to the specifics of organizing an event or getting the word out or planning something um, because we do not feel like this is just specific to our church. What was the response like when you decided to start this up? Were other churches, like you said, were they interested or was this kind of like, hey, I don't want to get involved with that? We did a, a number of events that uh, that took us to various churches around the city. Um, one of our first big events was the She Is the Name um, uh, film uh, uh, presentation in which uh, we went to seven different churches in the city and... Uh, after the after watching the video, the film uh, movie, there was there was lots of opportunity for discussion. Um, we sat around and and, and chatted with uh, those that came. Uh, so there was a wide variety of of events in in various churches that that just was. And initially, it was that aspect of she has a name uh, film production was to inform the church that this was an issue. I mean, yes, that one was looking at um, at a tragic event uh, overseas, but um, there is there is the issues of human trafficking right here uh, as well in in, uh, uh, in Canada. Um, and so uh, so there was some really healthy discussion with a, a wide variety of people from the community. I would say that the responses are are um, varied depending on what the event is. Mm -hmm. Generally speaking, um, people are nervous about having these kinds of conversations because it's not a real great feel good topic. You don't call a friend and say, Hey, I don't really know what I'm going to, but why don't you come with me? I'm sure it'll be fun. Yeah. Um, So you have to be clear as to what you are sharing and how that information is being shared and we recognize that this isn't going to be everyone's um area of of um investment but there is and that's partly why we really want to engage the church to respond because there is such a huge need for prayer and um and the focusing of prayer is a little bit more of a um, common conversation that you can have in the church and people tend to um, start at that sort of entry level and well they'll say I'll just pray and then then we like no 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 you're not just praying you are investing you are the meat you are the source you are the strength um, we are tapping into Holy Spirit power here and um, there is there is um, huge um, blessings that you are praying into into these situations. So back to Lowell's example of the She Has a Name project, we hosted two pastoral 
showings first, where mm-hmm. we handpicked specific pastors who had seen, seemed interested and invited them to come and preview the film so that if and when um, it came to their church or another church near them, they would be able to have a better, clear understanding of, okay, what information is going to be presented? How is this going to be shared? Um, so there's a lot of sensitivity um, surrounding how you connect to churches, for sure. So today in Manitoba, where you're located, it's Manitoba Human Trafficking Awareness mm-hmm. Day. Earlier in February, February 22nd, yeah. was Canada's National Human Trafficking Awareness Day. How aware are churches of human trafficking then? Like, what was it like when you started having these conversations? Did people believe the things that you were telling them or... And do we have you a know long what? ways it's, to go? <laughs> it's interesting because the Manitoba Human Trafficking Awareness Day was only identified in March um, 2014. And I remember mm. going to some prayer breakfasts for those first few years. And at that point in time, I would sit with 10 or 12 different people, very committed, very passionate. And there are some huge um, giants that have been the crying voice in the wilderness um, for many, many years. And we need to look to those giants in thanking them for their faithfulness in calling things out because um, for sure um, that has not been a very open conversation. Um, but I do remember going, why is there an awareness day that nobody's aware of? And so how do we, and you realize that government authorities will assign an awareness day, but it's really up to the people who are passionate about that awareness or that topic that need to put the momentum behind the awareness piece of it. And so honestly, that's when I came to CHVN and we had already run a couple of years of what we call the Freedom Fair, which is our fall event where it's um, not so much a recruitment and information night. It's a two hour prayer and worship night. It's set up like an information night in that it has the booths around the the room, but we um, spend two hours praying and worshiping and there's prayer huddles where you break out and pray over a specific ministry and then you come back for some more corporate um, worship and it kind of flows back and forth like that. So I had already built connections with some ministries and then came to CHVN and said, I think, I think we've got an idea here and presented it. And um, by the grace of God, we were able to work together to arrange for that um, human trafficking, that first human trafficking awareness day. And there each hour, those different ministries were featured. And that has been a huge blessing to help um, get the word out. The uh, In conjunction with the Freedom Fair, uh, with the unfortunate state of uh, of pandemic that we're in it has uh, given us an opportunity to uh, use do the freedom fair on a different platform and so we two years ago we did it via zoom which uh, was the amazing thing was it allowed for uh, national leaders of, of uh, various human trafficking ministries across the country to join in so we had uh, people from BC all the way through to Ontario joining in on Zoom and, and being prayed for and encouraged through our time of, of prayer and song. Uh, 
Um, so it was definitely had a more national flavor than, than the previous ones. Uh, although we did feature a lot of national and international ministries, it was really neat to see how uh, we could um, encourage uh, those ministries from across the country um, at that time. Do you feel that over the years that more and more people have become more knowledgeable of the situation when it comes to human trafficking? Definitely. I would say for sure it is definitely a more common conversation. And again, going back to my comments earlier about the faithful giants who have um, worked tirelessly with connections in in Ottawa to form laws, um, to change laws, to set things in place, to now you have a national education center organized, you have national hotlines. Um, So, I think it is it is definitely something that um, the church as a whole recognizes that is an issue. I suspect at this point in time, most people are just now stuck. Okay, what am I supposed to do about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, one of the things that we've talked about quite frequently is what is our piece of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how, how do we get that information out there? How do we um, notify the church that this is uh, something that is, uh, is an, a need for prayer? And, uh, and, and then what is, what is that piece of our puzzle to look like in regards to how we go about um, bringing change and making an impact in, in regards to fighting against human trafficking? What is our piece of the puzzle like for people that are like, well, I can, like you said, Marla, just pray. You're not just praying. But when we do decide, yeah, this is something God's putting on my heart. I'm going to be in prayer for this. How do we pray for a topic like this? Well, and that is a very good point. It's not always um, uh, working towards an an end specifically. And so one of the things that we felt as a team and as a ministry is that this needs to be a natural outpouring of our prayer lives on a regular basis. And so we have a network of prayer warriors that receive our monthly email and are encouraged to pray one hour once a month. And we are not advocating that people start up something new. In fact, we would prefer you don't. We are encouraging people to bring the prayer journal, the prayer guide to whatever gathering you might be meeting with on a regular basis. So if it's Mm -hmm. your Sunday school group, your Bible study group, your um, men's group, whatever, can you carve out one hour of your regular meeting time once a month and pray through the prayer journal. And we've set up the journal or the prayer guide in such a way that there's an opening song of reflection. And then we walk you through the scripture of, of what to be focused in that prayer time. Our steering team very much um, invests time to uh, pray together and ask the Lord, what is the focus of the prayer for the next year? And we sort of launched that at the Freedom Fair and there's three prayer huddles. So for example, this last year, our, our focus was on the Lord's prayer and our prayer huddles focused on three aspects. And then there was corresponding scripture to go with that. And so then each month we focus on one of those prayer huddles and we keep cycling them through so that we keep coming back to the scripture and the word that the Lord had given us for that year. 
And, um, and we do name the ministries as our ministry starts to expand outside of our local area. Um, we do recognize that it's important in our, in our local prayer portion that we give people space to um, investigate and learn about ministries that are in their area. Um, so that's a huge thing. And then um, sometimes people aren't even ready to commit that much time, but we find with certain groups of people who are active on social media, that there's a real opportunity to support um, those ministries, frontline ministries, our ministry, with um, their active involvement on the social, different social media platforms, liking, sharing, following, all of that has influence. And so um, just calling on the Lord and asking him how he wants you to use your influence and where you're at. In addition to the monthly mail-outs of our emailers, I guess, uh, in of the uh, prayer guide, um, we will also send out um, uh, reports uh, for urgent prayer or a praise item. Um, and, and that would not necessarily just go to uh, those that are on our, our uh, uh, network of prayer warriors, but it goes to others as well, including the church, so that there is that greater awareness that, hey, you know what, here's something that we need urgent prayer for, or here's an item that that you've been praying for, and God has answered that prayer. We need to praise God for that mm-hmm. and, and, and acknowledge that, uh, because it is all credit to Him. The three pillars of our ministry are to encourage and support frontline ministries, empower them through prayer, and engage the church to respond. So, that's kind of our focus. Um, there's lots of ways you can encourage and support a ministry, um, whether it's tapping into a specific need financially that they have um, or meeting a specific need with resources of items that they might need or just writing a word of encouragement, a card um, to send off to them to say, I appreciate the work that you've been doing so tirelessly. Your faithfulness is just a real blessing. Um, and we've talked about the empowering the, the church or an empowering those ministries through prayer. And um, we haven't been able to do too much with the engaging the church to respond physically in person. But like Lowell mentioned, we've been able to host our Freedom Fair online and we did a hybrid version um, this last year. So looking for ways to still bring that heart and the spirit of the ministry um, to the people. And speaking of that ministry, Freedom Prayer Network, you told us what it is, what you guys do. What else do you want to tell us about Freedom Prayer Network? I guess I really would encourage people to pray um, before they jump too fast. Um, Sometimes people hear about a need and they're like, I'm going to volunteer. I'm going to dive right in. Mm -hmm. And, And that's great when you can sustain that but a lot of the ministries if you're particularly if you're a woman um, they definitely need um, mentors people who will walk alongside um, individuals who have been wounded very deeply and often at a very young stage so if you're in an area where you have the physical opportunity to invest and volunteer um, people need 
um, that consistency. Um, you want to be careful not to dive in too fast and then just pull out because you don't want to risk. Well, I, it, it, uh, it, it, there's the impact of trust then. It's, yes. it's, uh, uh, yeah. um, you know, I, I've started to build a relationship with this person to, you know, become, uh, you know, in a sense, vulnerable to, to talk to them about what's going on in my life. Now, all of a sudden they're gone. You know, it is very much that that trust and the uh, and and the brokenness of that, uh, which is unfortunately is um, huge behind them being in a, a state where they are being trafficked, where that trust has been eroded, and so um, it is it is difficult for them. Yes, and I think the ministries know that, and so they do a really good job of working with their volunteers and training them and 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 making them aware of that so for example in my particular scenario and story I didn't know anything about human trafficking um honestly naively the first time one of my friends used the phrase I thought somebody was getting um tickets like like a parking ticket I'm like who's getting ticketed for what yeah and and so then it's like whoa this is this is unreal. This can't be happening. And, um, and so I spent um, with a friend of mine, um, we gathered some women together and we would pray once a month. Actually, we did what our ministry is doing now. And we just educated ourselves and we prayed into those ministries. And slowly the group of people that gathered with us each month um, started to dwindle. And it was a little bit discouraging at first when we'd see those numbers start to go down. But what you realized is as people were coming together and educating themselves, and praying through what is my piece of the puzzle they were following through on that and they were investing in that particular ministry or in that particular way that the Lord had led them and so they um, were starting to put um, hands and feet to to what the Lord had been leading them through another thing I would encourage uh, people is um, it is a very dark and heavy and ugly topic and um, at any time that we come before our Lord, we need to um, do so with, uh, first of all, acknowledging that our our need is to protect ourselves as well uh, in, in prior to waging war. And so uh, so that is one thing that that we have talked about with with people who are interested in being a part of um, a ministry and, and a prayer ministry is is that that need to really um, really make sure that your your full armor is on in order to be able to do war for um, battle for these ministries that are on the front lines. I think also that a lot of people don't realize how much pornography uh, feeds um, some of this industry um, and well all of the big issues, um, but the church doesn't always know what to do with that so there's um yeah i think that encompassing your your uh, intentions in prayer for a variety of reasons is a is a great place to start freedom prayer network on facebook or you can go to freedomprayernetwork.com to find out more get connected and join in prayer marla and lowell thank you mm-hmm. so much for and- joining us and for the work that you do 
<laughs> there is Freedom Prayer Network on Instagram as well. So we can add that as well. I love it. That is so amazing. Well, and yeah, big thanks to you guys for everything that you do for this. Thank you. Thanks. And thank you so much for listening and for joining us today. Remember, if you want to hear this full conversation again, or if you just want to listen to another conversation that we've had on Connections, you can do that by checking out our podcast, Connections with Mike, Tom, and Colleen Hood. You can find that at podcastville.ca or wherever else you get your favorite podcast from. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.